0: You're able to spend some time with us on Chin 97.9. It's the uh, second half of the ADR program about change. Uh, we've uh, changed into the uh, fall season, and it won't be long before we change to Eastern Standard Time. And since we're on the topic of changes, I give you Ernie Tennis and his very special guests on the ADR show On Chin in Ottawa, 97.9.
1: Welcome to the Alternative Dispute Resolution Show on Chin Radio, 97.9, broadcast live from Ottawa here on October the 6th, 2009, on show number 243, part two on Do You Really Want to Change? It is about learning about change management. And back with us today on the show from Halifax is Kirk Sievert. Thanks for coming back on the show today, Kirk.
2: Well, thank you, Ernie. Pleasure to be back.
1: And Lorraine Joint from Toronto. Thank you for returning, Lorraine. Thank you, Ernie. And just so I don't forget, um, uh, Lorraine Joint has um, a website. I think it's still the same one, ca. Actually,
3: I've just changed it over, Ernie, and it's now um, going to be, we're just under construction. And it's
1: www3 Threepillaralliance.com. 3 Well, I thought from yesterday's show that there might have been a change not only to your email but your website. Thank you. And, and Kirk can be reached at adpro.ca and change-management.com. Yesterday we had a very stimulating, I found, conversation on the history and philosophy of change management, some of the underlying principles including right from the fear, the process, trust, and so on. And today we're going to have a conversation between our guests on some of the details of the training and techniques, maybe some experiences and principles that have been like learning best practices, as Kirk said yesterday. So, Lorraine, I'm, I think I'll, I'll turn it over to you then to, uh, to have this conversation with your colleague, Kirk.
3: Hi, Kirk. How are you doing?
2: Very well, thanks.
3: Oh, okay, Kirk. I've had the training and I found it extremely interesting and I can see how I can use it. But can you explain, Kirk, how people can find
2: change management as a useful tool? Sure, thanks, Lorraine. I, let me start by explaining a little bit of of what the training is not. and uh, over the years, a lot of people have been doing some great research and and writing our art, uh, articles um, on the um, philosophical side of change management, talking about uh, the psychological aspects and you know, what happens to people during times of change? How are we impacted by change, kind of at an emotional level and, and psychologically? This program is a much more structured approach. It's based on research, uh, research that's been conducted over the past 10 years with more than 2,000 organizations. So there's this very rich database out of which has grown. Uh, a set of tools and a structured process that really anybody can apply to almost any size or type of change. And uh, the training itself is really about learning the best practices research and then starting to use some of the tools and applying them to changes that are encountered by the individuals who are joining us on the program.
1: Well, thank you, Kirk. Uh, Lorraine? Okay.
3: And the training has made... Um, some really interesting changes in my life. Um, as I stated before yesterday, um, I've used it with the nonprofit organization, the Durham Warm Water Aquatic Program, and it's made some really interesting changes there for that organization. It's brought um, a board that was basically um, a number of women who are very interested in doing the program and are all participants of the program. To um, and just basically you know one of the coffee you know around the coffee table to real vital organization that's now well known in the community is used by professionals um, and doctors and lawyers are referring to the program we're getting to the point where we're bursting at the seam mm. um, and personally it's also made some changes in my life for me um I, I am a mediator I work professionally with a mandatory program but um, recently um uh, Two of my colleagues, three actually three colleagues of mine, have um, developed the uh, three-pillar alliance. And one of them, um, Blaine Donet, who I highly respect as one of my uh, professors at York University, um, sees the value of change management um, in relationship and conflict management and how we can apply it all um, to make organizations much better and um, healthier organizations. So... I, the value of the training is incredible. And even in your personal life, um, if you, again, yesterday we were talking about ADCAR and the awareness, desire, knowledge, and ability, and reinforcement in change management, and just using those principles alone um, can make some really wonderful changes in your life, and just applying it to everything um, can really help you. Um, and you know, change management is all about change, and... Um, And as we were talking about yesterday on the fear of change, uh, there's no really need to be afraid of change, um, especially if you can look at it from a very curious mind. And that's another thing, you know, most mediators in conflict resolution are very curious people. So um, this just adds to, again, what we can put in our conflict toolbox.
1: May I ask you what did you come up with the name three pillars because there's three people or is there some other foundational principles or uh,
3: No, it's the uh, three principles of uh, it's process, conflict and change management. Okay, um, okay. And if you um, unfortunately you're going to have to d- draw in everybody's mind um, but our, um, our little symbol is a house and um, we have three pillars supporting the roof.
1: Okay, you know, it makes me think of the tripod, a three-legged chair. If one Mm -hmm. leg is broken, the chair falls. And uh, um, I'm wondering, Kirk, when you get feedback, like from Lorraine, especially with all her expertise and everything, um, how does that uh, resonate with you? And one of the other things, uh, I I don't want to interrupt whatever flow you two had, but in terms of post-intervention, there's always a piece of that, that always amazes me. We often don't deal with post-judgment, post-strike, post-war conflict resolution or what happens Post intervention for change management, and so I got a double question there, Kirk. And then maybe Lorraine, you could go back and forth. What, what do you, what do you get when you get kind of feedback from someone like Lorraine? And what does a post change management process look like if there is such a thing?
2: Sure, thanks, Ernie. Uh First of all, I get very excited when I hear uh, feedback like Lorraine just gave. Uh, part of the uh, the purpose that we have in, in our organization, and and AdPro stands for Ad Car Professional. Uh, so we're very much uh, hooked on the ADCAR methodology, and I think that it's got great applicability across a whole spectrum of change situations. So when I hear someone like Lorraine coming back and saying, wow, I found this tool was very effective in um, you know dispute resolution or in conflict management or mediation, I think that's great, because that's how I see it working, as well as you know, within a, a business organization, or a nonprofit organization, you can use it in your church group. Whatever changes you're trying to make, mm. you'll find that the model uh, really begins to work. And even if you look at societal changes, mm. we can often see um, how attitudes about wearing seatbelts have changed. And mm. you can map all of these specific actions that have been taken over the course of time to you know, increase people's awareness, desire, their knowledge, ability, and to reinforce this concept of, of seatbelts. And we've seen, a you know, a huge change, not only in attitudes, but in the percentage of people who are wearing seatbelts. So, again, the, the tool can be used anywhere, and I get very excited when I hear that people are finding new ways of incorporating it in their uh, their daily lives and their business. But you asked about uh, kind of the follow-up process, and there's a three-phased Approach for managing change that is based on this Prosci Adcar model, and the third phase of managing change is the reinforcement uh, process, and just recognizing that people are going to be tempted to go back to the kind of the old way of doing things that were very comfortable for them, ways that they felt very competent, and so forth. And so, change management is not complete. Um, when, let's say, you implement the change, somebody's got to take it upon themselves to be thinking about how do we ensure that people continue to exhibit those new behaviors? How do we ensure that they're going to continue to use the new tools or follow the new methods or processes? And so in the program, there is an extensive portion that is really focused around kind of building these changes into the DNA of an organization.
3: Hmm. What are some of the best ways you find for reinforcement, Kirk?
2: Oh, um, well, really, it's, uh, again, coming back in part to the to the, uh, pro-Syadcar model and ensuring that people maintain top-of-mind awareness for the reasons we need to make this change and some of the consequences if we're not successful making these changes. And often people can sort of lose sight um, over the fact that, you know, they, they are in control of many of the changes we're making at some point, but if we don't make changes those changes will be forced upon us. And so um, keeping people uh, tied into, um, you know, the benefit realization that comes from the changes is a great way to uh, reinforce some of the success uh, associated with being uh, making the change.
1: Well, thank you, uh, and Kirk, I want to reinforce to our listeners that uh, – we are on Chin Radio 97.9 FM heard worldwide over the internet at chinradio.com broadcasting live from Ottawa on the telephone with Kirk Sifford in um, in Halifax and Lorraine Joint in Toronto on the idea of uh, do you really want to change learning about change management now um uh, now Lorraine I think there was one of the um, one of the points speaking points that you had raised is the uh, which I really like is the, the outlook and how you do business from when listening to you both of you yesterday and today it's an outlook and how you live It's it's almost individual institutional and international uh boy this is pretty universal kind of principles uh, right down even to the family level um you want to, when you talk about the outlook um that's an interesting word i mean it, it's almost like you got to step back and look at yourself <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: yeah. that yeah, that's quite true ernie we do have to step back and um, sometimes changes within ourselves, and you know, and, and I think that's the you know when we were talking about fear of change yesterday. Uh, I mean, the greatest fear is change, trying to change ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and so, using you know, some, sometimes a simple pr- principle makes it easier um, because you know, just having the awareness of um, the fact that you need to change, and then you know, your own desire to change. And sometimes you have to go and get the knowledge. But, you know, when we do change and we change in a positive way, we always get reinforced by people. And, um, you know, your friends, your family, your colleagues, um, your supervisors, um, anybody will, you know, it's just that keeping that positive mode uh, helps maintain the change. And I think that's even at work when Kirk was talking at, about it. Um, if your supervisor is positive but the fact you change... Is going to reinforce it. Um, and that that simple positive um, saying you're doing a good job and meaning it
1: yes, yes. Uh, helps to reinforce. Well, you know, you make, you make me think of that famous phrase. I think it was Gandhi. I'm not going to say it 100% right, but be the change you dream for. Um, uh, you know, and, you know, if I can pick up on, you know, Kirk, when you mentioned, uh, we've got about three minutes up, but you mentioned about like seat belts, you made me think of something else. Like, that is really a change. I mean, you've got a legislative change. You've got a whole society that's got to change their attitude about actually for their betterment. When people, you know, they brought in uh, laws about helmets, you know, you can't tell me what to do. And now in Ontario, joining many other provinces, October 26th, you can't be holding your cell phone, <laughs> which will make a lot of people happy for people like me. But, how does that when you get down to that level where every individual member of the public is actually making a change I, how did you how do you link these principles to that kind of individual change in a whole society
2: well um, I, again Ernie i 'd come back to the um, ad model and and some people are going to change more readily than others because in some people it 's harder uh, to to create an awareness or a belief that they really need to make a change and you know where there's no guarantee that we're going to get everybody. Mm. But uh, if we're looking at societal changes, there's really an effort to try to move society in a particular direction. And we've seen it with things like um, uh, care for the environment or non-smoking campaigns or drinking and driving campaigns, all designed to sort of create an awareness and build people's desire. but there, there were many other activities in addition to these campaigns that were contributing to build the ad car elements so that change would happen. And for many of them, it's an ongoing process because some people are seemingly oblivious to, you know, the awareness campaigns that have been mounted or the the fines that are put in place to build people's desire and so forth.
1: Well, you know, I was just thinking uh, when you said fines, uh, like in our society, if you don't make that change, there are consequences, fines, sometimes jail, sometimes losing your license, demerit points. What are the, is there a, an analogy in change management in like voluntary organizations? What's the consequence of not complying with the change? Is it that to do with your ability to be stay employed, your relationships? Is there is, there, is that feature into your change management um, processes?
2: Well, absolutely, and and I think you're right. It's helping people to see uh, the bigger picture on some of these things. Not every change is one that uh, at an individual level we get excited about. But when we can stand back and see the bigger picture and how this uh, relates to the overall organization or to society itself, that often helps people to make that, you know, kind of trade-off decision um, as to whether or not they're going to uh, comply.
1: Well, thank you. You know, Lorraine, I'm going to trade off a little bit of time here and ask you after the break uh, to maybe also uh, comment on what I was just asking about, the kind of those consequences also um, When we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, I see your speak pieces here, the philosophy of abundance. I remember a course called, uh, Do You Want to Choose to Be Thinking of Scarcity or Abundance? And you'll hear lots of abundance of knowledge and experience when you come back after the break and listen to our two fabulous guests, Kirk Sievert and Lorraine Joint, on learning about change management. Time for another Chin Radio Traffic Update.
2: From Ottawa, police still finding an ongoing closure of Westbound Hunt Club between Moody and the 416 for an ongoing investigation, an accident at Rideau and Sussex, collision at Maryvale and Carling, Walkley in Lancaster, as well as Montreal Road and Vanier Parkway. As for the major routes, no troubles at all on the 417, as well as the 416. Get Medieval, a four-pack of tickets is only $120 at Medieval Times, only $30 for dinner and show. Call 1-888-We-Joust or visit MedievalTimes.com. I'm Maytel Sperling, and that's the latest traffic on Chin 97.
0: Chin Radio and Carleton University in cooperation with the National Arts Center present this year's World Music Showcase. Join us Thursday, October 22nd at the NAC's fourth stage for Music Car and Adam Duncan. Tickets are available at the NAC box office and through Ticketmaster. And keep listening for details about our annual songwriting competition with $5,000 in prize money. Don't miss Music Car and Adam Duncan Thursday, October 22nd at the National Arts Center's Fourth stage, the World Music Showcase from Carleton University and Chin, 97.9. Time now for an updated weather forecast from Chin Radio. In the capital, currently 12 degrees, some sun, some cloud, a high of 13 or 14 this afternoon. Overnight tonight, we're down to 9 degrees. We're back into a cloudy, wet day tomorrow and possibly Thursday as well, but we'll keep our fingers crossed for a bit of a change there. High for tomorrow, 13, 14 degrees, pretty much the same uh, that we'll enjoy today. Looking ahead to the Thanksgiving weekend, Saturday looks okay with sunshine, sun and cloud on Sunday, and possible showers on Thanksgiving Monday. Currently 12 degrees in the capital, and we're back to the ADR show with Ernie Tennis on Chin 97.9.
1: Welcome back to the Alternative Dispute Resolution Show. On do you really want to change? Learning about change management, we ended up uh, talking about the idea of abundance. I can ask Lorraine to sort of follow up on that with Kirk. I know that. Um, the idea of language languages also intrigues me. I think we need to do another show on that and bring in uh, maybe other panelists and and bring you both of you back on. But I always say, why well, kill two birds with one stone when we can <laughs> feed two birds in one nest? So the language is very important, but the language now is abundance. I love that phrase. So, Lorraine, maybe I'll turn it back to you to complete your conversation with Kirk on that matter.
3: Well, there is um, a process. It's, um, there, one of the things that they do do is um, the, there's a wealth of knowledge there. And they do. They're basically a research company. And so, if you go onto their website, or even onto Kirk's website, you'll find that there's information on change management. Um, it's like the cup overfloweth. If, um, if we can look at the Thanksgiving uh, holiday that's just coming up. But um, Kirk, I just want you to explain how um, you know basically there's a philosophy of abundance and how that works at Prosci.
2: Uh sure. Thanks uh very much, Lorraine. Um, you know, some organizations um, feel that uh, knowledge is power and that by holding their knowledge close to their chest, uh that's um, and, and selling it, that's where their value comes from. Uh at at side there really is a kind of an underlying philosophy of abundance and we're we're committed to uh helping individuals and organizations build a competency in change management. It really begins with uh, trying to provide as much information and material as we can give to people uh, to build their own awareness about uh, making a change in, in how they approach change management and so as you point out the, uh, the website uh, changemanagement.com is really a learning center that provides a lot of upfront information and that's what uh, actually attracts people to Prosci. Is they start to see this material and they want more they want more And they want to get into it in a lot more detail, and that that brings them out to uh, many of the programs we put on.
3: And if if I can just add into that, when you go for the training, um, it's not where you just come home with one or two binders. I mean, you're you're coming home with a bag full of information. Um, I think we had to build another shelf just for my change management book. (laughs) Um, And there 's continuous webinars that um, you know change management people across um, send out on a regular basis. I think um, last week we just you've sent out a, they sent out another one and um, there 's continuous um, information that 's coming out um, there's some updated information on best practices um, and it 's not like you know you have to purchase any more information they 're coming and they 're sending you this information. Um, the courses are not um, expensive, they're well worth their price um, when you do go, but the information just keeps coming. And it's not as if um, you're going out the door and people are, you know, you know, have a good life type thing, now you're a change management. There's always the open invitation to either call Kirk or anybody at ProSci um, if you have a problem and help, they'll help you out with it and they'll point you in the right direction. The other thing that was really valuable with the training and where the abundance comes is the you know developing relationships, and when you uh, at the training, it's probably really interesting because uh, Kirk spent a lot of time in developing the relationship among the individuals were that were at the training, and um, I know now like I have um, you know the group email list, and um, we regularly share back each other's um, newsletters, what's going on with people, so it's. Probably a very powerful training in that, that way alone. And that's where the abundance comes in. It's just like it's abundance of learning, abundance of relationships. And, you know, it, it does. It's, it's, you know, somehow the ad card goes right through the training and it does make a change in you when you come out.
1: Well, thank you, Lorraine. Kirk, did you want to um, expand on what Lorraine just said? I mean, it was interesting. It must be interesting for you when you hear people give you, as you said yesterday, that kind of feedback. Uh, does it open up new thinking for you? Does it enrich what you already know? Uh, how does that impact on your own thinking of change management when you see how others saying it's changed them?
2: Well, um, it, re- it really does, Ernie. I I have kind of a, a deep belief that there's a lot of value in this material. And I say that not as the guy who's in this business so much, but as somebody whose life has really been touched by this. You know, for years uh, in my various corporate roles, um, it was really about change. As an executive, uh, part of my job was to chart a course for the organization and ensure that we were going to remain viable uh, and effective into the future. And uh, I've learned so much in the program, and it would make such an incredible difference in uh, how I operate within the corporate world that, uh, you know, I'm excited, and I want to get out and, and share that. And, and what I've discovered is that um, what is most exciting to me is watching other people have an epiphany hmm. as they learn the methodology and as they figure out, wow, here's something that I could do to uh, to be more effective, whether it's in the, in the corporate world or the nonprofit world or in their own lives. And so uh, as, I, as I hear people like Lorraine giving me feedback, it just... Uh, spurs me on and, and uh, uh, helps me to make a, a sort of a deeper commitment to continue moving forward.
1: Well, listen, uh, you know, Kirk, while you're on the mic, we have a few minutes left. I'd like to sort of lead into a vision statement, and I want to, um, before I, I, I give it back to you to do that, then, Lorraine, I'll ask you for the same. Is I know you say, like, language has this kind of neuroscience too, and it's a different field. However, I, I really am attracted by the words you know, use. You, you know, I look at some of your speak pieces here, partnering, community, um, you know, the philosophy of abundance. Um, you know, um, you have a, a word here called leader valuable. I remember in the 80s, I heard about facilitative leadership. This sounds like even a more forward kind of leadership. Um, um, so with all those kind of language and what we've said yesterday and today, Kirk, maybe you can take uh, a little bit of time, uh, you know, um, a couple of minutes or less, or just to give your vision statement, just, you know, for this field, even, you know, maybe even globally, you know, and from from the family unit up to the extended human family, what this means, because you certainly have a lot of passion for the principles.
2: Uh, sure. Thanks, Ernie. You know, I, I, I guess I, I think about this uh, quite a bit because it's, it's what I do every day. Uh, and certainly we're all impacted by change. And You know, the, uh, uh, the world of physics defines momentum as uh, velocity times mass. So it's the size and, of something and the speed at which it's moving. And as I apply that to change management, I think that... Um, you know, our changes are just getting larger and larger all the time, and the, the speed at which we need to make change happens keeps getting faster and faster. So this momentum of change is accelerating. And as I look into the future, I guess it's, uh, it's my hope that, uh, you know, we can build a, a competency in managing change and in, in leading change and, and being able to adapt to many of these changes. Uh, we see every night on the news um, there's so much that uh, needs to be addressed, uh, whether it's the environment or the economy. Uh, we know in our own personal lives there are many changes we'd all like to make, uh, perhaps relating to our health or our finances. And mm. Certainly in our organizations, people are looking for ways to ensure that we're more effective. And I, and I think that there are some skills that we can all acquire to, uh, to help us manage change. So in the future, I guess my vision is that um, we are able to, uh, to adapt more readily and uh, take advantage of many of these opportunities in our, in our personal lives, within our organizations, and within society.
1: Well, thank you, Kirk Sievert, for the opportunity to have your valuable time and share this with listeners and members of the public. Uh, and people can reach you at change-management.com, among other places, but I'll leave it there one. one. Uh, thanks very, very much, Kirk. Hope we will have you back on. And Lorraine, I've got about a minute or so. Would you like to give a vision statement yourself?
3: Yes. Um, I'd like to just do a little bit of a take on the Serenity Prayer, and it's more of uh, God grant me the strength and wisdom to make the most effective change I can.
1: Hmm. And
3: I think when we look at change management, we need to look at it from all the different aspects, from process management, conflict management, and definitely from our relationship management. We need to look at it holistically and embrace it, whether it be at work or in our personal lives, so we can persevere and become the best company or the best person we strive to be. And that's really where I see change management going.
1: Well, thank you, Lorraine, uh, for that and for making sure this show worked. And uh, when you mentioned about uh, the surrender pair, it made me think of enthusiasm, the word you used a lot yesterday, which is from the Greek on tales, God within. And you also made me think of change. and made me uh, think of Perry Como's song in the Depression in the 30s, 20s and 30s. We said, Brother, do you have a dime? Just share some change with me. And you are down to the basics. And uh, uh, everybody's change starts with their own little part. So each ripple becomes a wave to wash away unresolved conflict from the shores of injustice and both of you have contributed to that wave. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much, Ernie. Thank Thank you, you, Kirk. Hope you enjoyed our uh, edition of the ADR show yesterday and today and Ernie will be back uh, Thanksgiving, Monday and the following day, Tuesday with another edition of our Alternative Dispute Resolution program here on Chinat 97.9 and uh, hope you'll be able to spend some time with us tomorrow when we have Legal Talk beginning at 12:30. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon with the Arabic program coming up with Paula Joseph Lillian here at 97.9 and on the web chinradioottawa.com.